You're listening to Ask Dr. E, where Dr. Michael Easley answers your biblical and theological questions in 10 minutes or less, or sometimes more like this episode. Here's today's question. Hi, Dr. Easley and Hannah. Um, My name is Molly from Pittsburgh. I actually attended your church, Emmanuel, up in Northern Virginia. I had a question regarding the Israel trips and just kind of one of my hesitations with that is that I feel like I'm still so ignorant about the conflict and the situation over there. And I just wanted to know if you could maybe summarize everything at, I don't know, like a middle school level, you know, simplify it and discuss that or what books you have read or what books you would recommend before someone does that trip. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thank you. Okay, I love this question from Molly, and it reminds me, one of the Israel trips I took with you, we had a friend on that trip, and I'm not going to name her because she's, like, famous, and so I'm not going to out her on this show, (laughs) but she would ask these questions, like, the middle school, like, the seventh grader question, and we'd all be like, thank you, like, someone had the guts to just admit, I have no idea what you just said, can you break it down for me a little bit more? So, break it down for all of us, because Molly is not alone and not understanding the conflict over there. Okay, when she's to summarize everything i'm like oh hey i'm not that guy this is what you do uh, right right well yeah Let, let's let's take this from a couple of levels first of all let me just talk about travel and conflicts because that's a, when i first heard the question molly that's where my mind ran until i understood your your question but this is also something i often uh, get is, is it safe over there the palestinian israeli conflicts the west bank issues yeah. and uh that is probably the number one question I get about travels to Israel. I, I'm getting close to a 20th trip, I guess, leading tours over there now. I've never once felt unsafe. I have been in the northern uh, Golan Heights area, and we've heard uh-huh. uh, missiles and fighting. I think it's quite exciting. <laughs> Those around me think I'm nuts. But you go back to your hotel room and listen to Sky News, uh, and they yeah, talk five about star hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they talk about there was fighting between Lebanon and Syria today. And I, you remember those? You heard that was fighting, yeah. and they're not fighting Israel at the time. Now, so, but seriously, there's always conflict over there uh, from from a you know safety issue. As a traveler, uh, the tourist in Israel is the crown jewel economically, one of the crown jewels economically. Mm-hmm. So nobody wants the tourist to be harmed or hurt. Um, when you go to Washington D.C. Where, or Pittsburgh or Philadelphia or downtown Chicago or parts of Middle Tennessee, they're dangerous. Every city in the in the United States has got some areas you avoid. Well, think of parts of the neighborhood of Israel you're just going to avoid. So, from the, the the political conflicts over there between the Palestinians, Hamas. Israel, IDF, um, there may be a little fracases and scraps going on. Uh, I mean, who? There's no, there's no way to say ensure perfectly that there won't be another war over there. I mean, goodness gracious, that land's been in conflict from day one. So um, I just tell our travelers, and I often tell parents this whose kids want to go. I go, do you think? Uh, and I, I hold my hands out in front of me like a scale, and I go, do you think you are safer? Uh, in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, or safer in Israel if you're in God's hand. And not to be you know, pejorative, but there's a certain sense wherever we travel, there is a, a, a 
possibility you could get sick, you could get hurt. I mean, goodness, I heard today the number of people that have been killed in Mexico this year alone. Mm-hmm. Like, goodness gracious, my kids love to go to Mexico for vacation. So what are you going to do? Um, so th- there is an element of danger. It's like Bilbo when he tells Frodo, it's a dangerous business when you go out the door. <laughs> you know. So th- there's that. All right, let's talk about the conflicts there from a religious political standpoint. Now, now let me say, preface this, look, I'm going to give you a thimble of information, and there are experts in this field, and there are more opinions about the Israeli conflict than uh, than you can define. Uh, There's a joke in Israel, if you ask five rabbis a question, you'll get eight answers. (laughs) And when it comes to the Palestinian Jewish conflict, that that is true. So in on June fifth, nineteen sixty seven, Israel began the six day war. And it lasted six days. And during that time, you've got all these uh, Middle Eastern forces, Jordan, Syria, Egypt are all fighting Israel. It's an incredible story. Mm-hmm. Talk about the little guy up against three uh, Goliaths. And uh, amazingly, they win. If you look at the landmass prior to the 67 war, Israel was, uh, let's say, a good 30% smaller. Uh, after the Six-Day War, the River Jordan, and if you're looking at a map, uh, the uh, Mediterranean Sea would be on your left, and then that's the shore of Israel, and then the Jordan River goes north to south. That divides between Israel and the land of Jordan. Uh, down south and to the west would be Egypt. Okay, so uh, better to look at a map and listen to me try to explain it. The Jordan River then at the top of the land as you go north, that area is expanded into what today is known as the Golan Heights. And on a trip, you'll go up there and you'll look over. There's a place called Harbental. There's a number of places you can overlook into Syria and into uh, Lebanon. And on a clear day, you can see a village called Damascus in Syria that is essentially a ghost town that the uh, that they've left to show, basically, this is what the Jews did to us when they destroyed Damascus. The top of that Golan Heights is a minefield, literally, of electronics and mines to keep uh, the, the, this border between Israel, Syria, and Lebanon uh, safe from uh, one another, you might argue. Now, so so you have the Palestinian people group. Now, hotly debated whether they ever really were a people group, whether they're sort of an amalgamation of people. Um, if you think of, if you're in Hawaii, you have the Polynesian people group, many different groups, poly. And there, there was no one actually born in Hawaii who was a Hawaiian, in other words. And so when I talk about the Middle East, I often use that as an illustration, not only for the Palestinians, but the Jews as well. Because to to say that all the Jews who live there are related to Abraham is an overstatement. So you've got these two people groups primarily identified as Palestinian and the Jews. Palestine, uh, in, in in most ways, is a very complicated subject because of the infiltration of Hamas, and a lot of terrorist activity. Uh, What you don't hear in the news is that some 800 bombs a day 
are lobbed from northern Palestine into Israel. Now, these are smaller irritation bombs. When you go over there, uh, your guides may or may not take you into some of these neighborhoods, but they have uh, sirens that go off. Um, These aren't like big ballistic missiles. They're going to take out a whole town. They're irritations. And this goes on all the time. It's never discussed in the media. What's discussed is when Israel goes after the Palestinians, or more specifically, Hamas. Hamas is flat out a group of thugs, and there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They are a group of thugs. So that's one area of the geopolitical tension. Now, of course, you have believers in Christ. You have Messianic believers. You've got Palestinian Christians. You've got uh, different groups around there that would have some Middle Eastern uh, ethnicity who are followers of Jesus, but their geopolitics is very different than yours and mine. Uh, I have a friend uh, named Ahmad Shahadi who has a seminary in Jordan, and he was telling me about all the different uh, uh, Middle Easterners who come there, and they all think it's their land. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, you can't go over there and simply teach it's the Jews' land because the Jews today were not the Jews of antiquity. Right. So, so I have a great love for Israel. I love the Jew, but the Jew is not innocent in every regard. Uh, just, just like Americans aren't innocent in every regard. Uh, it is their land. And from a geopolitical standpoint, I would stand with Israel as it is their property. Their thing to do, if you're looking at a map, is look at how big Israel is compared to all the surrounding uh, Middle Eastern groups. Israel is the size of the state of Connecticut. Iran, Iraq, Syria, uh, Lebanon are huge Middle Eastern people groups. So why in the world are we fighting over this little sliver of a piece of land that's blocked in by the Jordan River on the right, as you're looking at the map, Mediterranean Sea as you go toward the west, and there's no place for them to go. So just from a common sense viewpoint, I look at this land and go, cannot Israel have its own little tiny state the size of Connecticut while these other massive Middle Eastern groups could accommodate these other people? And that's where uh, I get a little bit you know, definitive saying uh, it's a lot more complicated and there's no simple answer. This has been going on since the beginning of the establishment of Israel And in my opinion, it will go on until the end of time. Mm -hmm. So the conflict is real. When you go over there, your guide will give you far better information than I can. Uh, These men and women who are guides are phenomenal. They all have their own leanings. Some of my close friends over there, and I disagree on the geopolitics of their land. That said, it's their home. They grew up there. They were born there or they repatriated there. They lived there. The Jews care for their land. The Jews are the um, uh, America's essentially only Middle Eastern ally, uh, the only UN ally, we would argue, for those uh, who keep it from that perspective. So so to me, at the end of the day, uh, whose land is it? As Dr. Charlie Dyer says, it's God's land. Hmm. Uh, who occupies it? Uh, Israelis and Palestinians are going to fight until the end of time. And as another friend of mine says, there will never be peace in Israel until they run out of rocks, which means it ain't ever going to happen because there's enough rocks to last for an eon. 
Golda Meir was the one who said, the Palestinians uh, will have to love their children more than they hate Israel before there can be peace. Hmm. And that's true perhaps for any people group. Is the war and the battle worth sacrificing your children's future on one enemy? And, um, you know, when you go there, you may develop a different opinion. And I've probably stirred up more controversy than I've solved. But at the end of the day, I think that the the Jews over there that I've known on and off now since the late uh, mid-90s are dear friends of mine. I love them dearly. And uh, Bethlehem and Jericho have become complicated areas. Uh, as the West Bank, of course, is a complicated area. But at the end of the day, um, I think they're all people that Christ died for, and they need the gospel, and we need to pray for the peace of Israel. Mm -hmm. And to bring a little bit of clarity to something you said, when you sign up, not you, Michael, when you as the listener sign up to go to Israel with Michael, Michael is your guide in the sense that he's the Bible teacher, but then paired with Michael always are Israeli guides. And so some of those men have become dear friends of yours because you've worked with them for years and years and years now, David and Ronnie and several other guys. And so those guys are the ones that are experts in Israeli history and all the geopolitics that's going on. And they will, like he said, I mean, they will tell you more than you can even process <laughs> yeah, yeah. during, I mean, every time you're in the bus, if you can ask questions and they'll tell you stuff at different sites and you will learn more than you could ever imagine about both the history and the current context of Israel. Back to my first point, I marvel about people who are afraid to travel to Israel because they'll travel all over the world <laughs> without any a second thought. But Israel, oh, you know, uh, I've, I've never been ever once felt unsafe. And um, again, it's it's incumbent upon uh, the Ministry of Tourism to keep their uh, uh, tourists safe. You will see a multinational uh, group of tourists from Asia, from Nigeria, from China, from Japan, from uh, Latin countries. You'll see all different people groups who come to Israel, and um, they're all safe. Uh, no Western tourists, as far as I've ever learned has been uh, hurt or accosted or in trouble uh, unless of course they're you know smuggling drugs or doing something illegal that's a different story but it's a very safe trip and and i do think it's incumbent for a believer make it make it your bucket list go to israel you don't have to go on one of my tours but go on a tour and go to israel and uh, the bible that you have read in black and white will become three-dimensional holographic because you will see the Sea of Galilee. You will see the Jordan River. You will see the Judean wilderness. You will walk on the southern steps where Christ walked no less than uh, twice a year for the 33 years of his life. He was carried as an infant up and down those steps, and he would walk as a toddler and a child and an adolescent and as an adult. And uh, the last three years of his ministry, uh, you will stand on a mountain called Arbel and overlook the northern eastern part of the Sea of Galilee, and we'll call it the Jesus Triangle, where Christ spent 60 plus percent of his life on that little triangle area. And that person changed world history. And you'll walk where he walked, Capernaum, uh, Caesarea Philippi, Caesarea Martima, uh, Betshan, uh, all these places in your Bible. And uh, it, it's, it's a trip of a lifetime and you should put it on your bucket list. In fact, we've got two coming up, don't we? we 2021 do. and 2022. 
and so and they'll fill up very quickly. But um, take take your friends. Take we had a couple uh, uh, in May that uh, he paid. Uh, he's done very well, and he paid for both his parents and his in laws to go on a trip. So sweet. so it's a great life change. You've been twice now, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a great life changing trip, and uh, you'll learn more about geopolitics than you'll remember. <laughs> That's right. And Molly also asked any books that you would recommend to read before going on the trip. I know Morningstar, they at least used to when you signed up for a trip, they mailed a couple books to you, I thought. They still do. Uh, Charlie Dyer and Greg Hadberg have co-authored a book called The Christian Traveler's Guide to the Holy Land. And the, the, the reason I like that book so much is it encapsulates in like two pages a site. So... Um, to give a little explanation, think of going to uh, national parks in the U.S., Rocky Mountain National Park, Yellowstone National Park, whatever. Uh, so there's a parks pass in Israel, and most of these sites have turned into state parks for our language. And so you you will visit, let's say, a dozen, 18 of those during your time there. And what the Dyer Hatterberg uh, book do is they give you a little tiny map of the area, and then they give you the layers of biblical history, whether it's back to Abraham's time, Ezekiel's time, uh, first century, Jesus' time. And so it's it's a neat compendium in a very concise way to look at each part of those. It is, by the way, it's a great Bible study. He's got a Bible study in the front of the book, uh, four weeks worth. And then you can look at the sites as you, you want to know about Caesarea Philippi, where Jesus told uh, Peter, you're Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church. All the all the passages are there. A little map of the area there, and so it's a it's an easy paint by numbers book. Uh, the other the other book I would give to our serious readers is by uh, Paul Johnson called "The History of the Jews." It's a tome. Uh, it's not a light read in any way, shape, or form, but it is a benchmark book uh, for those of you that are uh, that are readers and um, you like history and studying. And Paul Johnson did a yeoman's job. And it's a big volume, but The History of the Jews by Paul Johnson. If you've got a question for Ask Dr. E, call us or text us at 615-281-9694, or you can email us at question at michaelincontext.com. We would love to hear from you. Ask Dr. E is a production of Michael Easley in Context. The music for this show is composed by Jason Germain, and you can find more biblical resources at michaelincontext.com.